0: We're halfway through the World Cup's round of 16 with Argentina, the Netherlands, France and England already safely through to the quarterfinals. There are two more fascinating clashes on Monday. Two dreams to keep alive, two to shatter. The pressure is well and truly on. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. I've once again assembled a top-tipping team. The Avengers have got nothing on me. Mark O'Hare once again holding the defence together. Mark, let's start straight away with Japan against Croatia. The Europeans' understandable favourites here. But what are we to make of Japan? Lost to Costa Rica, beat Germany and Spain. What on earth is going on? <laughs>
1: yeah it's hard to really judge them to be honest um i think uh, i'm still sort of reserving my own judgment on them I, I still don't think they're that good despite beating those uh powerhouses um i mean obviously well, gotta... played
0: for an hour by germany weren't they? that's the truth of it if germany yeah. had taken you know even half the chances that it won that game comfortably
1: yeah, and you'd say the first half against Spain as well, where they barely got a kick. So um, clearly, I guess the the positives are they've been playing with huge amounts of energy and enthusiasm. The attitude that they've a- applied themselves to, you know, chasing games and the way in which they've pulled it off is has been superb, really. But um, yeah, I, I don't think they're that good and that for all the reasons we've just talked about, as well as the fact that when they were expected to put on a show and expected to, to beat Costa Rica comfortably, they were very, very ordinary in that match and they didn't create a huge amount of so um you know i don't want to sort of criticize one of football's royalty and i'm not not intending to do so but you know ali mccoyst we love him to bits because he's he's brilliant at what he does but in the second half of the game against spain he was really sort of heaping and and piling on the praise to moriasu the head coach for his in-game changes and his substitutions because they have changed the game but you could look at things a little bit differently and say well I don't actually think he's picking his best 11 from the start here and he wouldn't be having to make these changes if he had been setting his team up in a in a different manner so He's very pragmatic by nature, uh, and that's inviting pressure on from these big teams. And Japan are having to sort of chase the games then in the second half, which I don't think is ideal. It's not conducive to to continuing to pick up big results against big teams. So I think he's left his best forwards on the bench from the off throughout this competition. And even just look at the the underlying metrics. Uh, Japan have generated just 0.25 expected goals in the first half across all three matches. That's compared to 3.55 XG in the second half. I mean, that's just... A bananas kind of uh, compare and contrast between the two halves across the competition. Um, and he, I think if you carry on playing that way, you're going to get found out eventually. But um, uh, you kind of flip it around and say, well, I've not actually been that impressed by Croatia yet, either. They were supposed to be one of the form teams in Europe coming into the competition. A difficult group, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, in that game against Belgium, very fortunate to even get through because the first half was an awful watch and then the second half, Belgium really put their foot down. And, you know, Romulo Lukaku, bless his heart, you know, had five quality attempts, a cumulative XG close to two, two XG from those five chances. And, you know, if he simulated those opportunities 10,000 times, he scores at least once, 90% of the time. So Croatia, very fortunate to even be here. Um, so I think this is a fascinating game. Um, you know, Gvardiol, the centre half of Croatia, is being lauded as one of the best defenders in the competition, and, and rightfully so. But again, you can flip it around and say, well, he's been very busy. Um, you know, if he wasn't <laughs> if he wasn't yeah. busy busy enough, then we wouldn't be talking about him. So Croatia is certainly allowing teams to to have opportunities. I think they were bang average, and I think Morocco possibly edged the first game. Uh, the second game, they took advantage of a, of a knackered Canada, a, a naive Canada, you could say, particularly in that second half too. Um, so. I'm sort of unsure about both these two teams. Uh, on the surface of it, before tournament, I would definitely be getting Croatia minus a quarter on side. I do think under two and a quarter goals is a runner here, as is the, the half time nil nil, which is around 2.4. Um, I think Croatia. I've already had two goalless draws in the competition, and in the first half of those goalless draws, there's been zero shots on target from either team. So it's been pretty slow starts, and you sort of flip around to Japan, it's been very similar for them too. So, um, yeah, I'm finding this one possibly the hardest one to call out of all the ties in the last 16, so um, I'd probably be dipping into the props.
0: Well, our midfield maestro is trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe. Emmett, uh, according to Mark, this is going to be dreadful and nobody should go anywhere near it. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I kind of, I'd echo Mark's sentiments, it seems this be one of the hardest games to call. I think we probably have a real kind of contrast in styles here. Kind of, when you have Japan, who are, as the cliches go, they're one of the most energetic teams. The tournament, coming into coming into the last 16, they were second only to France in terms of tackles, one in the middle and attacking third. And then only Costa Rica average less possession than Japan in the group stages. So that it is a kind of very reactive style that is arriving at high energy and turning the ball over. So I guess that you would be a little bit concerned as the tournament goes on. Can that kind of low possession style sustain? Whereas, as you'd expect with Croatia, given the talent they have in midfield, they're kind of top 10 in the tournament in possession. So if you're going to make a case for Japan here, it will be is that basically? I would say probably Japan, possibly have a better pressing game than than nearly any team in the tournament. I think just in the, 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 the it's long been the case in tournament football. The game is coming thick and fast. The theory is it's hard to press, especially as the tournament goes on. But Japan press Spain in a way I think few teams have probably the last in in the last few seasons. And, and 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 similarly against Germany, but Mark said it, it was really interesting. What Mark said about the kind of the Japan probably having kind of a worse team in the in the first half, and, and that the kind of the part of the reason that there's such an improvement is that the the worst the worst players are starting. But like I, I would say. It's but like the Japan, I'd think probably compared to pre- previous teams, they have they they go kind of seven or eight deep in terms of the attacking options they do have. Uh, Takumi Minamino was an unused sub actually against Spain, which I think would have been really unthinkable for kind of previous Japan teams. And as even though Germany should have beaten them, I think there's no shame in that. I think Germany would have hammered Croatia probably, or at least beaten them. I think Germany, to me, maybe I'm kind of, because I was bullish on the outright, I'm being a bit delusional, but I think Germany are actually one of the six best teams in the tournament, as are Spain. And while Germany were a bit fortunate, I think the Japan form in that group is a lot stronger in Croatia. I think I think we all agree Belgium were a really under par side and they absolutely, killed, they absolutely killed Croatia. Canada were probably one of the worst four or five teams in the tournament. And that's the only game that Croatia really looked, really looked impressive in. So, I think given all that, I just I struggle to be enthusiastic about Croatia at their current price that are in 2.1 in the exchange. It's just, I think there's definitely a gap in these teams, but I feel like the this is a kind of a price may be a little bit based in kind of the pre too much based on the pre tournament ratings rather than what we've actually seen in the tournament. And just my feeling coming to the tournament, the Croatia are a team in decline. They're too reliant on players like Modric and Perisic. And from nothing, what I've seen would have changed that opinion. So, given all that, I, 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 I'm with Japan on the positive markets. Whether that's kind of double chance, um, double, double chance at around eight to eleven, or kind of or drawn a bet.
0: And up front, we've got the dashing Doctor of Data, Jake OskaThorpe from In for Jake. Are you as down on Croatia as Emmet is, or do you think they'll find a way through? Because they have, in the last World Cup, they were able to plot their way through in some really dreadful games. Uh, and in the Euros, obviously, they pushed Spain all the way before losing. So how do you assess this one?
3: Yeah, I'm finding this uh, the tr- trickiest game to um, kind of get a handle on, for all the reasons the guys have already mentioned. Um, not being massively impressed with Croatia, just like Emmet. I think that sort of outlined it quite brilliantly the fact that they've just beaten a really poor Canada team in the rest of the other two group games they were really really poor um and yeah like Mark says around Japan the fact that they almost intentionally field a, a weaker 11 to put the, the stronger uh, the stronger players on in the second half when potentially the opponents are tiring, I mean it could be an absolute of that but if you dig yourself too big of a hole it's you know there's no coming back is there um,
0: it's either intentional or totally <laughs> accidental and he hasn't got a clue what he's doing. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, two, I, isn't it?
3: I, you'd have to think it's intentional. I can't imagine he stands on the sideline and covers his eyes for the second half and doesn't, doesn't see what's happening and who's playing well. I mean, Mitoma's been excellent every time he's come on the pitch. Um, so you'd have thought that he'd be one that, that, that would start, but they've got a system that's working at the minute. And, and I think the um, yeah the, the five subs rule is definitely helping them because it means that they can change basically half the team um, and you're bringing that even more energy onto the pitch, even more flair in, in certain occasions with, obviously, Matoma being one that, that just looks really, really good. It's very direct um, and will cause problems for, for Croatia off the bench. I, th- I thought both teams to score was worth a little punt. You're getting around 2.1 on the exchange for that. Um, generally, last 16 games have been quite um, uh, been quite kind for both teams to score backers. So if you go back to 2010 World Cup, there's now been 20, 28 last 16 matches, 17 both teams to score, so 60% click rate. Um, and that, I think that's just purely because of the game state. If there's an, if there's an early goal, we saw it with the Netherlands, there's an early goal. USA had to go all out to try and get back in the game and equalised. Um, Australia as well managed to score against Argentina. The Poland one was very fortunate um, with the penalty at the end. Like very, very deep into added time. Uh, but I do think that, that Croatia's defences is... They, they, they'll give up chances to Japan. But likewise, I think the way in which Germany in particular carved Japan open, um, Croatia will take a few ideas from that. and. I did create a few chances as well. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see uh, Croatia take a lead in the first half, playing against the weaker Japan. Um, And then when the stronger Japan comes and turns up in the second half, I can see them at least leveling it up and maybe even beating Croatia. So maybe a half-time Croatia, full-time Japan, if uh, anyone's interested in that.
0: A wild swing. Love that. that. Um... You get a £5 free bet, by the way, when you place a £5 bet builder on today's World Cup matches. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See One thing I did look at, and you can ignore this if you wish, but I do like Croatia's dark arts. I think they can sneak their way through against Japan. But you can back Croatia to qualify and Japan to have at least three shots on target. And they have done that in each of their group games so far. And that came out when I looked at it at about 2.92. Brazil's shadow side lost to Cameroon, but it didn't matter as they won their group anyway. They faced a South Korea team that took advantage of a much-changed Portugal to win 2-1 and reach the last 16. Jake, do you give South Korea any hope here? Because I was kind of really surprised they beat Portugal because they've been... Pretty poor in their first couple of games.
3: Um, no, don't give them much of a chance. Um, but I do want to give them a bit of respect because they actually won the XG battle in all three group games. So they deserve to get through. Um, they edged out Uruguay, it was a tight one. Uh, created better chances against Ghana. Uh, and as you said, a, a changed Portugal team. They, they did deserve to win and create the better of the chances. So they do, they do deserve to be here. It's not like they fluked the way through a bit like a, an Australia, but... Um, yeah, I don't really give them too much of a chance.
0: <laughs> Sly dig at Australia, <laughs> there. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I not mean,
3: point five xG averaged. It's it's not great. Um, yeah. But Korea, they, they've actually they've performed pretty well, and, and I think defensively as well, it's worth highlighting just how strong they've been so far in this tournament. Um point six eight expected goals against Uruguay, one point five against Ghana, one point three five against Portugal. So they're allowing an average around one point two expected goals against per game. So I think that, I think Brazil will win. But I think the the old tried and trusted uh, podcast special Brazil to win an under three and a half goals, the serious runner, just purely because I think career, South Korea can keep it quite close. I think Brazil have got much more um, they're much more about control than than flair at this moment in time. They're much more ha- happy to win one nil, two nil with that you know that really strong central midfield, that defense, and that goalkeeper keeping a clean sheet. I think should be very, fairly straightforward in this one. I just can't see them. Going crazy and blowing the doors off South Korea. So Brazil to win under three and a half goals. You're getting around two point zero six on the exchange, which I think's a huge price. Um, I'm I'm seeing Mark Smurkey. I hope he's got the same bet.
0: Oh well, I shall I shall come to Mark in a moment. But Emmet, I was going to say, d- d- do we know anything more about Brazil than we did when it started? I'm not sure we do, do we?
2: Yeah, the one thing I would say is that something that. Uh... The great BBC journalist Tim Vickery has mentioned is that they have an ability to defend really well within a team that looks un- with a team that looks unbelievably attacking on paper when they play the kind of formation of like Casemiro as basically the solo midfielder and kind of. Uh, uh, and with Paquette in there, I think I think they can actually defend. They can defend really well. I think I didn't quite expect them to be quite so, do, quite so dominant in terms of their pressing game. Like giving up a combined 0.65 XG against Switzerland and Serbia, I think is a really good effort. Yeah. Like, there's probably no, not many teams in the tournament that could do that. Like Serbia, definitely a flawed team, but one thing they can do is attack. And I think I think we saw some of Switzerland's output in, in, in the other matches they played. I think Switzerland are a pretty good attacking unit too, so... I think that's been I think if you're coming into the tournament, you wouldn't need to be a football expert to say the potential weakness of this team would be um like t- t- getting Thiago Silva, Thiago Silva exposed in space and now that Danilo's out, maybe Danny Alves. But the one thing that can really combat it, that is having the pressing game. And that's what I think that's probably what what Brazil have shown really well. I guess, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to give South Korea much of a chance here. But just think I'd like to kind of reflect on. I know maybe our hardworking producer might want to hear this, but with, with Son Young Min, I think unless he leaves Tottenham, he probably is he's not gonna have a kind of get the trophies and medals that his career really deserves. But I think
0: I didn't realize this was your last show, Emmett. Okay, <laughs> right,
2: right. But I was just gonna say that I think the, the moment he had and South and South Korea's goal, um Against Portugal, it was the iconic moment. I think that we might remember from Son in, in in kind of in in ten years' time. It was like to be able when you're under that much pressure to be able to carry the ball fifty meters, to have the strength to hold off one of the toughest kind of tackling midfielders around, in Yaya Palinia then have this beautiful kind of time timing and weight of the through pass through the Portuguese players' legs to set up Wang Yichan. Like that, that was. It was a truly outstanding bit of play, and I think, given what a likable character and how consistent Son is, but I was just really happy that he had that moment. Um, and just because it's hard he, 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 that he's like, as in the words, "Funny in the World Cup, there's only one team that can win." There's actually, in terms of like teams that can feel good about themselves after tournament, yeah. there's there's more than one winner. Like, if you're an Australia fan, you'd have to be over the moon to for taking Argentina to to the brink and getting, and getting out of the group. And similarly for Korea, to get out of a group with 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 Uruguay and even arguably Ghana. Have better players on paper than them to declare that, that that group is outstanding in such such a dramatic way i kind of i i have i have been inc- impressed with, with South Korean interest in terms of their again the, the cliche the kind of cliches about asian teams in terms of their energy and their, their pressing and that like, they are definitely have been like probably slightly better than some the of their parts but um i yeah it's 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 impossible to see anything but a comfortable Brazil win. I can, and like I, it's I. I'd be honest, unless Argentina really improve, I can't see Brazil having a proper game until the final. Um, just in terms of bet here, the one I like was Casemiro. He's had five shots against Serbia and Switzerland. I think he's kind of. Even even though he's kind of Brazil's only holding midfielder, he still gets four. He still gets forward and gets shots off from time to time. And we have Cardi priced up at two to one for a shot on target. So that's definitely worth including in bet builders.
0: Two to one just for a shot on target. I like that very much. Well, that was a good way to go, Emmett, for your final show. Uh, Mark, um, Jake was suggesting that you might be backing Brazil and under three and a half goals. Is he right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I like the look of that. It's certainly been written down on my shortlist here, as has Casemiro Diver's shot on targets, and that's encouraging to hear. Um, Brazil have taken an 86% share of the total non-penalty expected goals generated in their three games so far. Um, So they've had an 86% share of the total NPXG across the three matches and averaging one66 non-penalty expected goals more than their opposition on a per-game basis. So... Very, very strong. Very difficult to see them being beaten by a South Korea side who I'm going to say it because the other guys have been quite kind about them. Uh, I think they've been very lucky to get through yes, uh, to, to the yes. knockout stages. Right. Uh,
0: Uruguay, I, 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 I shall broaden this out to Jake in a bit, but Uruguay hit the frame of the goal twice. Goodine hit the post. Valverde had that absolute banger. Picked the wrong team, the
1: picked the wrong the tactics goal. as well. So
0: I he, took his,
3: he took all good. his forwards off as well, the Uruguay
1: manager. They need but an I extra goal. very at the end. good against Uruguay. No, Were they? Uruguay, Uruguay picked the wrong team and as you say, they had their opportunities, at the woodwork twice. And then Portugal, they're playing a reserve team basically. Uh, and in the second half, it just kind of opened up. as And look, Korea thrived in that open space, the chaos, as they did against Ghana. Um, that's how they managed to get through. So basically, they're playing a, an understrength Portugal team uh, and a, a Uruguay side that weren't anywhere near the same 11 that we saw in the last game. So... I think they've been fortunate in terms of the schedule um, more than anything. Uh, They've taken their opportunities well enough. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be difficult, difficult, isn't it? Because Brazil have given so little away. I think only Argentina are in the same sort of stratosphere as as Brazil for chances conceded. Um, So whether South Korea can contribute or not, I'm not sure. But clearly you fancy Brazil to win and their Thor under three and a half goals comes into the equation or it's against. But, um, yeah, I had Casemiro down as well. Just because of the price, massive price, considering his his stats across his first two starts in the competition. And I'm going to revisit an old favourite as well. Uh, My boy, Young Woo Young, who's committed two or more fouls in all three fixtures so far. (laughs) He's actually committed three fouls in two of those three fixtures as well. So did the business at 10 to 11 against Ghana for us. He is the holding midfielder for South Korea, a bit of a destroyer obviously 10 to 11 against Ghana he's now 8 to 11 against Brazil so a huge increase in in uh, standard of opposition You expect him he's going to be busy here so um yeah uh, i expect he'll uh, he'll be putting his foot in and trying to break up play as much as he possibly can so um i thought you know if you're backing him at 10 to 11 against Ghana you can absolutely take him at 8 to 11 against Brazil even if it's just into the bet builders um, as a as a nice kind of play there alongside Casemiro shot on target and possibly Brazil to win as well. So, um, yeah, it's landed in all three of his fixtures already and three and more fouls has landed in two of those three as, as well.
0: Well, actually, talking of bet builders, if you did go for Brazil to win under three and a half goals and Casemiro to have at least one shot on target reliably informed that comes out of 4.89 and if you chuck a bit of marks violence in there as well uh, that'll get even bigger uh, this football season get a helping hand with betfair's popular bet builder easily add our most popular or fan favorite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap t's and c's in the description 18 plus see gambleaware.org. we've had all kinds of differing views on australia on whether south korea are any good always great fun but that is all we have to time for on this edition of world cup only better please do remember to gamble responsibly if you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox you can sign up for our world cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com from Emmett, from jake from mark and from me it's goodbye for now